Opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. It's time for the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P. and Ev. Let's get to it. Live once again in the city of brotherly love, none other than Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, broadcasting from and hanging out in the WWDB 860 AM studios. Yes, you heard right. You tune yourself in to another episode of the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P. and Ev. Good evening, Philadelphia, Bucks County, Montgomery County, Delco, and Southwest New Jersey. But folks, we ain't stopping there. We are entering eardrums anywhere that you got access to the internet. Stream us live every Friday at 6 p.m. EST by going to WWDBAM.com and clicking that play button. By the way, my name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Ev. I am a professional speaker in the youth mental health space what's going on everybody and my name is scott prendergast aka scotty p and i'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others to navigate life through the lens of hope well i'm feeling some good energy in here tonight my friend i'm ready to go i I don't know about you well you're always ready to go you always got this stuff going. what we do e-dog you know it all right cool so guys this is how it breaks down part one of the show we always talk about the topic itself just briefly it's not a you know long section kind of define what we're going to be discussing tonight And then in part two, we share our lived experiences with this, how this felt. And then in part three, sure, some lived experiences, but also techniques that we can use to kind of deal with the topic of the night. And what is that topic of the night, Scotty P? Yeah, so E, the topic that we're talking about today is emotional burnout. Now, this topic is something that every single one of us in this world that is living right now can resonate with. Because where we've been in the past couple years and what we've all been through, it has led to at some point or another... This burnout, this feeling of just complete and utter, I'm done, I can't do this anymore, is something that we're all having. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Okay, cool. Well, I guess we can get it started off with then how this is, what it actually feels like, what it's like. Um, For me, emotional burnout, I guess the way to define this, because it's not technically a technical thing, technically a technical thing, um, or is it here? We'll see. So... Actually, wow, there is. Emotional burnout is a state in which one feels worn out mentally because of accumulated stress from a situation in their personal life. It could be work-related, school-related, relationship-related, or it could be related to any other aspect of your life. I think that's actually a perfect definition. I did not know that would have been a thing. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a hundred percent perfect with what we're trying to talk about today. I didn't know that was a thing either. I always thought like emotional burnout, that's just something we humans say it's not technical, but it really shows that it is. And I think what we really want to talk about in this stage right now is that we want to clarify the difference of this between, uh, or excuse me, we want to clarify the difference between depression and emotional burnout. Now depression, you know, we've talked about depression before. This is a chemical imbalance in the brain. If it's clinical, this is a serious thing in which, you know, we need possible medication. We need different you know, different ways for us to treat that. But when we're talking about emotional burnout, it's really something that happens prolonged over time. And it's something that is different for each and every one of us. And what causes it is different for each and every one of us. So one person might get emotionally burned out because maybe they lost a family member, or maybe they lost their job, or maybe they just can't deal with a relationship anymore. That might cause one person to be emotionally burned out. However, somebody else, that might just be commonplace in common life. And they're saying, I could deal with that all day long. What you talking about? I'm totally good. But what's important to realize is that what it looks like for each one of us is different. What causes it is different. But that core kind of feeling of what it is, of just being done, is the same. 
And that's where we can connect on that type of level, realizing that, hey, look, you know, when these things happen, and we'll talk about this later in the show, I don't want to give anything away. What can we do to get ourselves through it? And what can we do to pull ourselves out of it so we're not stuck in that just burning out feeling where we can't do anything or even want to think at all? Sometimes it gets that serious. And what's cool about what this show and what we're able to do is, you know, something like this, I know for me, it's not like I'm an expert on emotional burnout. Quite frankly, when I started you know, thinking about this topic more, I'm like, wow, I was kind of subject to this the last year and I didn't even recognize it because it's not like we're not subject to the things that we're talking about. That's always the case, right? We can still get anxious and theory could still get depressed, I suppose. But um, with this type of thing, it's like not only was I subject to it, I didn't even realize it was happening to me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, guys, we're real humans. It's definitely happening to us, but we're just the ones that want to be able to speak about it because, you know, it's taboo. You can't talk about a lot of these things. Facts. Can't talk about depression. Can't talk about anxiety. We're just here to let you know uh, you absolutely can. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And so I want to put this on the listeners real quick here. You're probably thinking, okay, Scott and Ev, you all talk about this emotional burnout. Well, I don't have that in my life. What is it? Well, let's talk about what it can look like. Like I said, it's different for each and every one of us. But for instance, let's take it as a, a kind of a, an approach to here and now today where we're at in 2021, the year now. What emotional burnout might look like for you, some of the signs and symptoms is maybe that you have complete joy in this one activity, something that you love to do, and it's just, it's your passion, it's your fire. Now, by doing it over and over and over again, you get to the point where you just don't want to do it at all anymore, but not from a depressive state where you physically feel like you can't, but rather you've just lost all will and desire. You just don't want to do it. You can do it, but you don't want to. And you come to that point where you're just, you're completely done. You're done with dealing with the relationship. You're done with going to work every day. And the the aspect of even doing a single thing that relates to it makes you just cringe to the point where it is easier for you to deal with the consequences of maybe getting an F on a test or maybe not going to work and getting in trouble than it is for you to actually go and do that thing. When you reach that point, that's when you know that you've hit burnout, where you're willing to take serious consequences for something rather than doing whatever it might have actually be. Well said. I think for me too, and this might be a little more personal because I would consider myself obviously having gone through what people like you and I have been through, more aware of mental health than not, but I've also found emotional burnout we can kind of define it almost by what it's not because you might be checking off these boxes. You know something's wrong. I Mm -hmm. knew something was wrong, and I'll talk about this more in part two, of course, but I couldn't figure out what it is. And actually looking back in a way, I'm not someone who likes to live with regrets. I think that's kind of silly, but I can't deny that if I go back to that emotionally, it is embarrassing sometimes to think about what I was labeling with. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the case. These labels were like actually greatly inaccurate. And it turns out it was this emotional burnout type of thing. And so I think what's interesting about this is because, again, we're not psychologists or anything, but even when I pulled this up, I mean, it's on Psychology Today, which is actually a really reputable uh, place. It's where people can find clinicians and stuff. So it's a great website. And I I feel like they're talking about this for a reason, but I just don't know what the clinical aspects of this are. I doubt there's a diagnosis for it. And it's just so interesting that we can have something that I know for me felt quite extreme. It's kind of hard to equate, I guess, but... It was pretty similar in terms of severity towards mm-hmm. light depression for me. Yeah. I actually thought it was depression. I figured, wow, it must be the pandemic. I must be getting depressed again. And for those that know my story, I took a little bit of a different route with this stuff. I found a lot of resolution through natural health. And so thankfully, I really haven't dealt with depression in the last mm-hmm. several years. I haven't dealt with a panic attack in like six or seven. And it's not that I thought it couldn't come back. It's just I thought wow, I'm good, man. Like if I could have overcame that, I doubt I'd get this again. So I was like, okay, I just got to accept for whatever reason it came back here. And it turns out it probably 
well, maybe depression was an aspect eventually from the emotional burnout. Like, what do you think about that? Do you think if emotional burnout goes long enough, it can actually lead to anxiety or depression? That would oh, make sense. Yeah, I love that you brought this up because I was actually going to talk about okay. this at the next part here. So I really think that a lot of times when we become emotionally burned out, if we keep just, so to speak, hammering our head into the wall, we're going to spiral down into depression. You know, really, it starts with maybe just one aspect of our life that we become burned out in, but then it very quickly turns into another, then another, then another, and then another. And then next thing you know, we're just burned out with our entire lives. And when we start to feel burned out with our entire lives, that's when we start to feel worthless. That's when we start to feel like we don't matter. That's when that negative self-talk starts coming into play. And when that comes into play, that's when depression is not too far behind it. So although emotional burnout and depression are two different things very clearly, I do think, and I'm, you know, again, we're not psychologists, but I do believe that prolonged emotional burnout can lead to depression. And that's why one of the most important things that we need to do, and I say this all the time, it's very consistent with my theme and what I try to do with my business, is we need to learn to become aware of when these things are starting to happen. We need to become self-aware of when, hey, you know what? I'm starting to feel burned out. What can I do to change this feeling? What can I do to climb myself out of this hole, so to speak? Because the fact of the matter is, is that you will fall into a hole. Now, you live this life long enough, especially how we live it in America. It's go, 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 go all the time. You're going to get burned out. It's not a question of if, it's when. But when you do, that's when we really need to make sure, okay, what am I turning to? What can I do at this point? Because if you don't and you ignore it and you try to push yourself even further, that's a pretty good guarantee. Not a guarantee, but a pretty good bet, we'll say, yeah, yeah. that it's going to lead to depression. And that's a scary thing. Right. Okay. I totally agree with that because I think... Again, it's so different. It's like it's elusive. You can't put your finger on what's off right now. And you're talking about recognizing it. So I, I love that because, quite frankly, I just missed it. I didn't really see yeah. what was happening. And then when it did happen, I kind of just blamed it on other things. Oh, I just need to sleep a little more today or mm -hmm. I need to take a break or whatever. But what I found was that as I kept using these strategies over and over and over again, it wasn't working until the point that it got really bad. And then that's mm. when I started seeking out help from, I actually have mentioned this several times, one of the first times I used a counselor in, I don't know, five, six years. Not that, just to be clear for everyone, wasn't against it by any means, I've always been for that. I just right. didn't feel like I needed it at the time. Yeah. So the minute I felt like I did, I was all for going back. But even with them, because I was probably describing it wrong, great counselor, just a constant conversation that almost went in circles. Like we hit on a lot of great other stuff. He ended mm -hmm. up uh, figuring out a bunch of other cool things that I wanted to learn about, but it was never the thing. It's like, maybe I felt better for a few days and right. then right back to that same cycle. And so I think, um, you know, again, not so clinically here, if we're in a position where we know something's off and we're actually doing the right thing by uh, utilizing a counselor or a doctor, and we still don't have that answer yet, or the treatment's not working maybe it isn't something clinical yet maybe right. it is actually just emotional burnout and then i think the hardest part for me of that was actually honoring myself enough to realize that something that i guess i considered simple could mm -hmm. actually provoke those emotions in me because that's what i think the problem was you know if someone has severe trauma let's say i, I don't want to be graphic like some kind of abuse you use mm -hmm. your imagination right we all can understand why they might be anxious or depressed if someone has what i had decent life growing up it was very hard for me to understand why i was uh depressed so this situation that was going on that I'll talk about in part two, I just, I didn't felt like it justified my feelings. But the truth is, man, I should know better than that, right? So it happens to me as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. And right before we go to the break here, I just, I think I want to touch on, and this will lead us into our second part, 
what we need to do, one of the main things to help overcome this is adjustments. Now, a lot of times in our lives, we'll be burned out with something. We'll take a little bit of a break, which is the first step. That's good. But then afterwards, we're like, all right, let's get right back into it. And we're not making any adjustments. So ultimately, we're going to fall down the exact same path, right? If we're not making an adjustment in some type of way in our life, whether we're thinking a certain way or doing a certain thing or surrounding ourselves with certain type of people, if we're not adjusting those little things, then, well, guess what? We're going to find ourselves right back in that same position. So we're going to be right back in a minute after these quick commercial breaks. Stay tuned, everyone. We've got some good stuff coming up. Hey, everyone. Eric Katz here, the owner of Katz Dogs Canine. Are you working from home and need to get your dog out running around for the day? Will you be traveling this summer and looking for a place to board your pup? Is your dog looking a little shaggy and need a haircut or bath? Are you looking forward to walking around and enjoying this beautiful weather, but you can't because your dog's pulling like a freight train? Well, you're in luck. We are a one-stop shop that focuses on daycare, boarding, grooming, and training. We are located at 35 Middle Road, Percocy, PA on 10 beautiful acres. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at CatsDogsK9 or our website, CatsDogsK9.com. Our phone number is 855-CATS-DOG, 855-528-9364. If you're a parent who wants to understand the mental health challenges your child faces, then my book, My Perfect Life, how depression almost ended it and how I found purpose through pain is for you. Through goofy, relatable stories, you'll see the world from the eyes of someone silently battling depression. Most importantly, you'll learn how we can find hope and purpose through pain. Get your copy of My Perfect Life today. Available on Amazon by searching Lucas Wolf, My Perfect Life. And that's Wolf with an E. Tired of talk radio shows that are nothing but Trump, Trump, and more Trump? Looking for something that actually has some relevance to your life? Then tune into The Pennsylvania Project. Hi, I'm Ken Krawchuk, host of The Pennsylvania Project. Our mission is to showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania, and we're all about solutions. So tune in Mondays, 3 p.m. here on WWDB, 860 a.m. in Philadelphia. When the problem is same old, same old talk radio, the correct solution is The Pensylvania Project. Hey folks, what's going on? It's Evan Transu, a.k.a. Ev here. I just wanted to shout out my friends at FDN Thrive. Part of my story with mental health is that I was actually able to get a hold of a lot of my mental and physical health issues by addressing what was going on in my body. So I do mean more of a natural slash functional medicine side. Is this going to be for everyone? Absolutely not. But if you're someone like me who suffered for years and maybe a lot of the conventional things didn't work out, you might want to consider what is going on in your body and see if that is playing any role. So if you want to focus on something more objective, get some lab results and actually have these lab results analyzed by practitioners who are trained in this specific modality, then go to fdnthrive.com and click the get started here button. That's fdnthrive.com and click the get started here button. And we're back. Welcome to the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your host, Scotty P. and Ev, where we are talking all things mental health all the time. Tonight's topic is emotional burnout, and we are in part two of the show. And part two is where we kind of share lived experiences with the topic of the evening. So we're going to be talking about how emotional burnout has affected our lives. And then, of course, in part three, we will be touching on things that we used and have learned 
to actually deal with this stuff, whatever the topic of the day is. By the way, my name is Evan Transu. I'm a professional speaker in the youth mental health space. What's going on, everyone? It's your boy, Scotty P, also known as Scott Prendergast, whichever one you want to call me. And I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others to navigate life through the lens of hope. Guys, we try to normally bring the hype, but something, yeah, something went down in the studio tonight. I don't know if it's because our producer's dressed up and it's very funny to look <laughs> at him right now. I wish you guys could see it, but um, something's got it going. So... For emotional burnout, yeah, we're pretty hyped up. Fast. All right, so I don't know. Do you want to start this one, actually? Is a quote? Sure, yeah. So for those of you that don't know, me and Ev, we always do a quote of the day, and it turns out into being like multiple quotes because we just love our quotes. So I'm going to get us started real quick with a quote that kind of pertains to this. Now, this is a quote by Anonymous, and by Anonymous, I mean by a man named Scott Prendergast. So oh here's the quote. <laughs> when the problems that you see in your life dwarf your perceived ability to achieve happiness, that's when emotional burnout sets in. Now, let me read that again. When the problems you see in your life dwarf your perceived ability to achieve happiness, that's when emotional burnout sets in. So let's think about this. If we're looking at our life and we see nothing but problems, we see, oh, I'm not here yet. I have too much of this, too little of that. I'm too much like this. I'm too much like that. I'm not there. I'm over here. When that's all that you're focused on and all that you're looking at, naturally, you're going to start to put yourself down. You're going to start comparing yourself. You're going to feel like you're always losing a battle of everyday life. You're going to constantly feel like you're losing. And when over time you always feel like you're losing and you're behind and you're not doing enough and you can't win in any way, that takes a toll on us. We may not see it initially, but it starts to take a toll on our insides in so many different ways. And that's when we're going to start to become burned out with something. When we perceive that our problems are greater than our ability to achieve happiness in our life. So... What would the cure to, to that be, one would think? Well, here's how I would go about it. We have to realize that, yes, we have problems in our life. We have issues. We have things that we're not happy with that really make us upset. But we have to make sure that we're not viewing those things as greater than the ability for ourselves to find happiness in that moment. We always have to go along with the idea that, hey, no matter how bad things get, no matter how difficult life gets, I can still find and achieve happiness in this moment. I believe that if we have that type of attitude, and I'm not saying you have to be like this 24-7, absolutely not, no one can do that, but if you have that attitude in mind, you're not going to get burned down and burdened with all these heavy things in your life because you're going to say, hey, you know what, this isn't good, I don't like it, but I know that I still am worthy, I know that I can still do this, I know good things are coming. So it's really about just adjusting how we think of things, that's what a lot of all this stuff is, that's what psychology really is, it's you know, accepting your circumstances to a degree, but then being like, okay, how can I move through it? That's what they teach in therapy. That's what te psychologists yeah. work on. How can I move through the problems? Because look, life is not the absence of problems. Absolutely not. But it's learning how to find those little pockets of peace within those problems, so to speak. So that all ties back into my quote there from Anonymous, a.k.a. a guy named Scott Prendergast. So I hope P that works. Yeah, Scotty P is one of the only dudes that can get away with quoting himself, and it sounds good still. <laughs> <laughs> my quote is uh, by the Dalai Lama, and he Ooh. said, If you feel burnout setting in, if you feel demoralized and exhausted, it is best for the sake of everyone to withdraw and restore yourself. Mm. And... Okay, I understand that we might want to utilize some friends or close relationships. I don't think the Dalai Lama was not suggesting that we do that because that can be really important. Right. What I think he means by withdrawal is kind of what Scott was talking about where we're go, 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 going. We need to turn that off as much as possible. Yes, you might have a job. Yes, you might have school. Yes, you might have to show up at this certain place. Anything that is not a have to, 
and actually think about that because there's a lot of mm-hmm. things we call have tos. I'm so guilty of that. I call everything a have to, and I'm like, well, wait a second, that was 16 hours of my day, and I'm only up for 16 hours. So there couldn't have all been have tos in there. It doesn't make any sense, right? Yes. Then withdraw from those and take some time. And when I get to kind of my my story with um, emotional burnout, the most relevant one at least, I, I'm sure I have several, but. I got lucky enough that this really set in, the awareness of it set in finally, when I was up in Vermont this summer house-sitting for my aunt. Now, first of all, I love Vermont. I don't like cities at all. That's not my thing. And they got Burlington, Vermont up there. If you've ever visited, you know what I mean. UVM's up there. Shout out to them. Lake Champlain. It's not a city. Well, I mean, by definition it is. But it's more like an Allentown without any of the huge buildings. It's super nice. It's just a great vibes place. Sunsets over the Adirondack Mountains mm. across Lake Champlain. It's it's wonderful. Take us there, E-Dog. Yeah. Take us there. <laughs> Bunch of on. organic food stores. And she lives like 25 minutes away. So I get to actually peace out of the city at night, go to this nice little back road, quiet thing, and then in the morning I get to go there. And I could not have asked for a better place to be to kind of deal with this because I'm relating so much to this quote about you know withdrawing and restoring myself that's one of the number one places I would have chosen to go do that. And it led to me, yes, I had my work and I showed up and I did that. I kept that, I work a lot online as well, obviously, 35, 40 hours a week. But the rest of that time that I normally would put in, honestly, a lot of effort or a lot of Mm -hmm. social interaction, just like, nah, man. I called friends and family members. That was about it to deal with some of the stuff I was going through. But outside of that, I would drive down to the city sometimes three different times in the day. And that might sound ridiculous, but it's like, you know, I feel like going there right now. That's what's going to help me. I'm going to go there. I found this awesome beach on the lake there. It was so cool. Like beach, lake, campground thing. I'm like, this is Ev's paradise, right? But it just stinks that it gets cold 10 months out of the year. (laughs) It's only like two that it's really awesome. But I was there for one of them. And I feel like going there. Okay, cool. Felt like going back and resting. Go back and resting. I just did what I needed to do. And it allows you to process the thoughts, right? We don't want to repress. We want to deal with that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so withdrawing and restoring myself, like the Dalai Lama says, that's kind of how I did it. And that's what worked for me. So I love that quote. And that's the one that I chose to use. And then um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but obviously I'll pass it back to you to kind of maybe jump in an example of this uh, for an example of this that you've had. Yeah, love love the Dalai Lama. Love that quote, Evan. The story that you talked about there, I think is great. I mean, it's so important to restore. And yeah, I know we hear this a lot, especially in today's day and age. Everyone's always talking about self-care, self-love, but I mean, actually engaging in it and actually doing something that is genuinely going to restore you rather than just doing something and making a post about it, but actually doing it because it's something that's going to help you, I think is something that we need to work on a little bit more. Now, I know for me, here's an example that I could kind of think of where I reached an emotional burnout. I remember back my senior year of college, it was a really tough time. You know, I was starting with this new, you know, speaker bureau. I was doing that a lot. I was also, you know, at the last semester of college, I had capstone classes. I had 18 credits. I was doing a lot of work. And I remember towards the end, I started getting burned out to the point where I, I, I couldn't do anything. I didn't even want to pick up a pencil. I felt like I couldn't even do that. So what I found that really helped me is that I would go for walks. Now, I've, always, I've lived in the city, Center City, Philadelphia, for the past six years, four years of college, and then two years uh, out. I've lived on my own here, too. And I walk all around the city. And every time I do that, it really emotionally recharges me, and it allows me to step into that pocket of peace. That's a phrase that I use a lot, and I, I love to share because I think it's so true. So when I'm walking down through the streets of Philadelphia, I may look like I'm walking through these streets, but I'm really walking in my own pockets of peace. And I listen to music, I connect with God, and that is something that helps me tremendously so that when I get back to my circumstances, have they changed? No. Is that work still there? Yeah, it was all still there. But I felt like I was able to hand it 
handle it with a more clear head because I had walked around, I had listened to my music, I had talked with God, I had gotten some exercise. And like I said, it didn't change what I still had to do. I still had a lot of stress during that time, but I was able to chip away at it a little bit more bit by bit because I stepped into that pocket of peace. And I think for the listeners, something that I hope all of you do, whether it's Facebook Live, whether it's www.dbam.com, find out what your pockets of peace are in your life. And don't, not just a pocket of peace like, well, on Facebook, everybody says that their rejuvenation is watching Netflix. Dog, if that's not for you, then don't do it. Don't do what everyone else wants you to do. Come on, do what you want to do, what is genuinely going to restore you, what's going to make you feel better, that's going to give you the strength and the energy to move forward in your life and handle whatever you have going on, no matter what it is, okay? So find out what that thing is for you. I know it can be difficult sometimes, but really, really work on that. And I think implementing it every day is super important to help with a burnout. I love that you said that because it's almost like society imposes these ideas of what should be relaxing. And then if I don't do it, I'm a workaholic or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't find Netflix relaxing. I'm sorry. I'm not condemning anyone that wants to watch that. That has nothing to do with me. I don't find this relaxing. I need to be doing something else. Right. If I was actually going to watch it, I'd have to be like playing something on my phone or talking to someone. I cannot even comprehend my brain sitting there and just watching a show and feeling like satisfied with that. It's not for me. <laughs> yes. That's not relaxing. It's kind of stressful. It's kind of boring. So I need to do something else. But it's like hilarious though, because things that'll help me that might look like it's actually maybe spending a lot of energy to someone mm -hmm. else. I'm like, no, this is my, as Scotty P says, pocket of peace. You got one-liners, man. I love them. Gotta have it, bro. Now there's something online here. I wanted to read this off real quick before I give my example. And it said things that lead to burnout. I don't think this is a mm. full list, but I thought this was really interesting. One, listening to people complain about the same thing. <laughs> Two, doing your best with little appreciation for your work. Mm. Three, dispensing advice to people who do not value your feedback. Mm. Four, unhealthy dialogue with unhealthy people. That's for sure. Yeah. Five, doing things that don't spark joy. Six, lack of balance or harmony in your roles and duties. Seven, high expectations at work, home, or in relationships. And eight, having a strong urge to control situations outside of your control. Ooh. I'm going to throw in number nine because number nine is the one that hit me the hardest. And that's not being your authentic self or, yeah. you know, literally maybe you feel like you can't be or you actually can't be because it's constantly being rejected. Mm -hmm. And I always I brought this up a few times because it was very relevant when we started the show. Um, obviously, you know, I did a show before this, but when we started this show, this was kind of new for me and happening. So. I don't always want to keep bringing it up, but it, it's relevant. Yeah. And this relationship that I dealt with previously was one where this person's a good person. That's always something to be clear. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't be myself around them. Yeah. It was rejected in a certain way. Not like, oh, my God, don't ever do that. But indirectly, right? It, I knew it didn't work. Now, that's still my fault for going on with that. Mm -hmm. I should have just said maturely, okay, this isn't working, right? I can't be my authentic self. That's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. That is literally fine. So go do your own thing. But when you try to fit the, like, what do they call it? They fit in the square in the round hole. Right? Oh, square peg in the round hole. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you're trying to do that. That doesn't work. And yeah, it's probably pretty exhausting if you're just trying to do that over and over and over again. And that's how it felt. And when I was talking about in part one, I almost couldn't believe that emotional burnout, even though it's not a clinical thing as far as I know, can have as much of an effect on the body as it did, mm -hmm. again, it's almost incomprehensible to me. So I started looking, is this depression? Is this this thing? Is this that thing? And there was nothing wrong with me, man. Right. What was wrong with me is I wasn't being me. That was the what was wrong. Right. And I, it's not also too that you have to be fake necessarily to feel this. I wasn't putting on a side of myself that didn't exist. 
I was just hiding part. So mm -hmm. what you saw was Evan Transu. It just wasn't the full thing. Because there's a difference between doing that versus, all right, I'm going to act like I'm a super motivated, positive person, even though I know I'm not a motivated, positive person. You know right. what I mean? That's a little different. It's fake, I guess, by definition, but it's not the same type of fake. And this just chipped away. It was a little bit in the beginning. It started with kind of bursts of overwhelm, feeling like I needed to pull away, kind of get away from the situation. Mm -hmm. And again, it got so bad that I, I couldn't believe that it could do this. And that's why I never even started looking in that direction. I'm really messing up at work. Mm -hmm. And I don't, Evan Transu is bad at a lot of things. I don't mess up at work. That's my thing, dude. You know me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't get you. calls saying, yo, we need to consider like maybe moving your hours down. It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. So when I got a call, and it was a very respectful one, it's for a functional health company that I do some work with. And I, I t he knows how much this meant to me now, actually. He gave me a ring and he said, hey, Ev, like, dude, this is not bad or anything like that. I just wanted to know, man, like, can you do this job right now? Mm -hmm. Now, we hadn't talked about anything like that before. Right. He, to me, is in a huge position of authority. I really look up to him. Most of the stuff that I know about functional health, and you know how much that is, it's yeah. from this guy. Okay. So I respect him greatly. And when he said that, I know that he wants me at that job. I know he wants me helping out there. And I'm like, whoa, this is not just in my head. This is actually so externalized now that people are seeing this. Mm. And I immediately realized what the situation actually was, uh, stuff that I didn't look at previously. And it was this relationship where through either my own decisions or this person's decisions, probably a mix of both, I couldn't be my authentic self. And what is, what's a shame is even though I really cared about this person, it was like a week after it's done and I already feel myself coming back. Right. Now, I love what you said. Don't just jump into everything again. Don't go back to that 80 hours. But I was able to slowly and like actually pretty steadily bring this back. One month goes by. I'm like, wow, man, there's Evan Transu, dude. Yeah. Um, there's Evan Transu. Like, I've been missing you, man. Like, where where you been at? Mm. And I think that just is a big one. So definitely consider those other eight that we listed off. And again, that was from, um, well, it's on Pinterest, so I can't really shout anyone out. I'm sorry. <laughs> but number nine, man, if you can't be your authentic self, if you're someone who's always felt different, that can really get you. But then the cool thing is, because I'm having this situation right now where I feel like I can be that, it's the most energizing thing in the world. That's how it should feel. You mm -hmm. shouldn't be burnt out because you feel like you can't be yourself. So that's kind of my main uh, thing I wanted to share in part two for sure. Yeah, I think that's so true. If you're not being your authentic self, then that means you're wearing a mask. And if you're wearing a mask, then that takes a lot of energy and effort yeah. to keep that mask on for everyone else to see. And the more energy and effort that you're portraying into doing just everyday things, that's going to really lead you into being burned out. And not only that, but then denying that you're burned out, which is going to lead to depression, too. So it really it all goes together. And I appreciate the story that you shared, Evan. I think a lot of people could connect with that. And what I wanted to go on top of that with is kind of saying when you, you mentioned one of the things that was on the website saying trying to control what you can't control is one of the big things that leads to burnout. And I know for me, this is something I've tried to work on a lot during my life because I have a tendency. I'll be honest here. I have a tendency to want something so bad that if it doesn't happen exactly how I'm hoping it's going to happen, I get really frustrated and I don't take it out on others. I take it out on myself. And I start telling myself, I start picking myself apart from every different angle about why I'm doing this wrong. What's wrong with me? How come I'm not here yet? What do I have to do to change this and that? And to a degree, that's what makes me good at what I do. But it also is something that is very detrimental to me because I take it too far. Now, what I've worked on and what I think a lot of us are trying to work on and is really important when it's talking about burnout is learning to see a situation for what it is. And when to realize that you have to work towards acceptance of that rather than trying to get your hands around it and mold it into something that you want. This is not easy to do for anybody, especially if it's something that's close to your heart and means a lot to you. 
whether that's in a relationship, in a job, in your personality traits, whatever it is. But I think what we need to do is look at our life, make maybe a list of five or 10 things that seem to really be frustrating you. And on each one of them, write down, can I control this? Can I not control this? And see which one that you get. And if you're looking at these five or different, five or six different things, and every one of them is, I can't control this, but I'm trying to, oh man, that's going to lead to burnout. Because as we know, when you try to control something that is not meant to be controlled by you, you're going to quote unquote fail, right? And you're going to keep spinning your wheels. And over time, that's going to lead to frustration. And then that frustration is going to lead to you start saying, oh man, well, I guess I can't do anything right. Oh, why am I even attempting to do this? And then there we go with that negative negativity cycle that comes in. So what I think is really important for us to do, something I'm still trying to work on every day. I don't have it totally down. I'd be, t- I'd be lying if I said that mm-hmm. I did. But is learning to see the situation for what it is accurately and saying, okay, I'm working towards acceptance of this. I'm not giving up, but I'm accepting this is the way it is. And maybe I'm going to turn some of that energy, some of that anxiety that I have, and I'm going to put it towards another avenue in my life and where I can start to see some progress in that area. And then when I do that, maybe things in the other area, they'll start to work. They'll start to open up and then I can go back to it. And it's no longer acceptance that it's done, but now it's something I could control. So you see all these things kind of work together. And I think that's, what's really important for us to be able to start to identify. I'll be straight up with you. I just pulled up that list of like eight things, like while we were talking, (laughs) I love how we both ended up playing off of it. Great. The thing I guess I'll finish up with then is just the unhealthy dialogue with unhealthy people one. Man, this has been so tough for me because as I got into my personal development journey, it's like you want to go back and save everyone because you got, yeah. I know that you and I are huge on this. We, we got such great information. Mm-hmm. Yes, we work hard, but we know that we were lucky to even get exposed to this stuff. Not everyone sure. even knows about it. And so you want to go back. You're like, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. Mm-hmm. Not everyone wants to go. Some people are going to be stuck there till the day that they die. And it is so sad to say that and accept it, yeah. but it's the truth. And it's really tough. When you have people that you care about a lot, and thankfully, most of the people in my life are just like fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a couple people left where I care about them so much, man, I would do anything for these people. And they're good to me. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's even tougher. It's not like I can even burn that bridge because they're not doing anything to me. But when I go there, it is just complaining. It's negativity. It's the same stuff we've been talking about for 10 years. And they've never healed from it. And I'm like, I am so sorry. That certain things have not worked out for you and haven't gone right. Mm-hmm. At what point are you going to accept that you have a very limited amount of time here and that you shouldn't have been spending 10 days worrying about what you're worrying about, let alone 10 years? I'm yeah. exhausted. I can't imagine what you feel like. And so unhealthy dialogue with unhealthy people out of all the things on this list, it's, of course, this is personal. That might have been the thing that affected me the most out of, again, the eight that were listed, not the ninth that I added right. on. Wow, man, if you're around the right people, it's electrifying. If you're around the wrong, and you got to be conscious of this. This is We walk through life very unaware sometimes. We're just kind of floating day by day. When you start yeah. being more aware of how you feel after you eat something, you know, I'm huge on that. Mm-hmm. When you listen to something, when you talk to someone, you're like, wow, you know what? The last three times I met up with them, I've been drained. Then you realize it's probably time to do something a little different, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm really careful. You guys know I always say I'm we're the product of the five people we spend the most time with. I know that you believe in that. That's one of the reasons we do the show together, straight up. Scott and I both do professional speaking. We want to take that to the next level. So we spend time with people who also want to do that, right? Absolutely. And listen, in part three of the show, we said it before, we always talk about ways that we can actually deal with this stuff, coping mechanisms that Scott and I have learned, practical stuff that you can take with you for the weekend to deal with emotional burnout. We'll be right back after these quick commercial breaks. 
Find Yourself Boxes was to create to foster the connection between a person and those in life who may be working through mental health challenges by providing curated and customizable boxes filled with research-backed wellness products that promote healing. Coupling personal experience with professional mental health guidance, Find Yourself Boxes meets people where they are on their journey. Wellness doesn't look the same for every person, and these products are packaged together to touch various aspects of our wellness spectrum. Find your healing with Find Yourself Boxes at findyourselfboxes.com, and you can get 20% off your first purchase. Does the pandemic have your hair looking a little funky? Are people stopping and staring and glancing at you as you walk down the street? Folks, come on now. Hair salons, they've been open for a while. It's time to get your hair cut. You've definitely been procrastinating. <laughs> I know my producer has. And when you do it, you should head to Hair Envisions in Ottsville, PA. Hair Envisions is open Tuesday through Saturday. They specialize in coloring and also offer carotene treatments that give your hair a smooth finish. Hair Envisions offers haircuts for all ages so you can bring the whole family. Schedule your appointment today by calling 610-847-8894. Again, that is 610-847-8894. And tell them that Scotty P and Health Coach Ev sent you. If you're looking to get more TMS, ketamine, and Spravato patients, then 7-Figure Psych is for you. Beyond Marketing's flagship 7-Figure Psych business development and marketing system helps mental health professionals to attract, schedule, and convert new patients into care. Join a community of like-minded business professionals and automate your entire online presence. Visit these guys at 7figurepsych.com. That's the number 7, figurepsych.com. Guys, cancer is a word that most of us know all too well. And as is the case for so many other conditions, Western medicine is a miraculous yet incomplete form of treatment for those who are suffering. But what if there was a place in our community that helped meet the many other needs for cancer patients? Well, that's exactly what my aunt, Corinne Sakura envisioned. And now you can help make that vision come to life. The Corinne Sakura Wellness and Support Center is designed to be a comforting space for all cancer patients across Bucks County. This center will help these individuals meet their emotional, social, physical, and lifestyle needs that are essential pieces of one's healing journey. Because of people like you, this center will be able to offer a multitude of completely free services to local patients and their families. A large vision like this needs all the support, support it can get, and you can help today. Go to CorinneSecoraCenter.org and click the donate button. That is C-O-R-I-N-N-E. S-I-K-O-R-A, Corinne Sikora, center.org, and click the donate. And we are back. Welcome to the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P. and Ev, where we're talking all things mental health all of the time. Tonight's topic is emotional burnout, how to deal with it, all that good stuff. By the way, my name is Evan Transu. I'm a professional speaker in the youth mental health space. What's going on, everyone? It's your boy, Scotty P., also known as Scott Prendergast. I'm a professional, inspirational speaker who helps others to navigate life through the lens of hope. Awesome. So in part one, we always kind of define the topic of the night. What does this actually look like practically? Part two, we kind of dive into the deep end and we really talk about how this stuff affected us in a not so great way. But then part three is my favorite part, right? This is the best one. This is where we show you stuff that we learn from our own life. We kind of converse back and forth and just leave you with something good. All right, Ev, Scott, you convinced me that I'm dealing with emotional burnout. Now, what the heck do I do? Well, this is it. So um, you want me to start this one off since you did number two? Absolutely. I'll take it away, dog. Okay. So for me, if you heard part two, long story short, dealt with some stuff, identified it finally as emotional burnout where I didn't realize that was emotional burnout. I thought it was depression. I thought it was this thing. I thought it was that. I'm working too much. Whatever. Wasn't any of those things. It was emotional burnout. 
And so one is to actually accept this. And this is so hard for me sometimes because I look at myself, you know, I want to say this correctly, I guess because of the things that I've been through, I feel like, oh, I should be able to get through anything. I did not feel justified feeling the way that I did Mm -hmm. because of the circumstances. I started comparing, oh, dude, people go through way worse things than this. Come on, man. That's how you feel because of that. Stop. And it's like, it doesn't really matter what other people have been through, dude. Stop comparing yourself. You got siblings that go through the same abuse. One goes on to be a movie star. The other one goes on to be a drug addict. I am not condemning that person, man. People are wired differently, right? Yeah. So- There's no good or bad in that. I'm just saying that obviously the results can be different and it's subjective. Some things just hit people a little harder. I can handle a high amount of of emotional stress during like the moment, which is so odd. My dad, he had an incident where uh, he had like carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, Yeah, a couple of years back. Now, of course, I love my dad to death, but I knew in that moment we needed to be on point. And so my mom's freaking out. My sister's freaking out. I'm the one driving the car to the hospital. I'm like, all right, yo, everyone needs to shut up. We need to focus. We need to get dad. Well, he was there, but like we need to get there for dad, right? Yeah. And then, of course, I start bawling my ass out once I get there. But I can turn that off. But then this thing, I was like, oh, come on, Ev. This is what you can't handle? And so it's identifying that there is a problem. And I know that sounds cliche, right? We got to know that there is a problem to solve the problem. But no, that's it. Accept that emotional burnout is a real thing. It's something that actually happens. And it can happen for a variety of reasons. It can be relationships. It can be work. It can be whatever. And if this is going on over a prolonged period of time, because I I don't know if we actually mentioned it in the show yet, directly Mm -hmm. or indirectly, but, you know, we had talked about in our call, you brought it up. This isn't something that just happens over two days. You can't really say, oh, it's burnt out over two days. It's like two weeks, two months probably even two years for some people. So it's identifying and accepting, validating, I guess is the right word, that yes, I'm actually emotionally burnt out. That's an okay feeling to have. I don't need to explain that to anyone. Exactly. I mean, I love what you said there. And everybody's tolerance for these types of things is different. For some people, like we said earlier in the show, they may only be able to deal with a certain type of emotional damage or stress for a week or two before they hit burnout. Others, maybe it could be 10 years. Now, we do not compare these things because, as we said before, everybody is wired differently. Okay, so once we start comparing ourselves to other people and their struggles, that's when we're going to probably fall into burnout even quicker because we're telling ourselves that, oh, come on, what's wrong with you? You don't have it that bad. And that leads to a whole lot of things that are just not going to be productive in any type of way at all. Now, I think one of the best strategies is that after you identify, like I said, you know, first thing comes first, identify, evaluate that we have emotional burnout situation on our hands. That's always number one. None of this else matters if we don't first identify it. But I think one of the biggest things that we kind of touched on before that is really important is that aspect of withdrawal. Now, when I'm saying withdrawal, I don't mean I'm going to go sit in a cave for two weeks and nobody's going to bother me and then I'm going to come out and I'm going to be great and life's going to be 145% better. Come on. That's just not realistic. We've got demands. We've got life. We've got jobs. We've got kids. We've got spouses, you know, relationships, all that kind of stuff everyone has. You can't do that. But the withdrawal from those emotions that you're obsessing over, that's what I'm talking about learning to take a step back and you might still be working you might still be doing that report that you have to do you might still be doing that assignment that your boss gave you but when i say withdraw i mean take a break from obsessing over that negative emotion that's tied to that activity for a moment or two so almost in a way just allow your mind to just say hey okay you know i have to do this right now i'm gonna do it but i'm not gonna obsess over it. i'm not gonna think about it i'm just gonna do it And I think when you can do that, it's a small thing that you can do, but it helps you to look at your situation a little bit differently and for you to feel like, hey, you know what? I'm taking one small step towards not allowing this to dictate my life, but rather I'm taking a part of my life back by not allowing the circumstance, this negative thought, 
this bad situation completely come in and just bully me all over the place because that's kind of what happens when we experience this emotional burnout whatever it is that's causing us to be burned out is bullying us it's saying hey I want you to stop doing this and we and we agree I want you to start acting this way and we agree I want you to start doing this 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 that you name it and this burnout bullies us and it bullies us really because we allow that emotion to get to the sure. point where it takes over so it's important to really just withdraw a little bit take that step back in whatever way that you're comfortable with I love that man and my second thing is a little more practical than my first one right it's have a go. You already need this. Ideally, you'd want this before the bad stuff happens in life, but you can form yeah. it at any time. And it's have a go-to routine and some activities that you know help you on your worst days. And I talk about this with kids a lot. I'm like, what is the number one thing that's a positive habit, guys, right? Not, yeah. you know, smoking a bunch of weed like I was when I was all depressed. That's not usually a positive habit for most. Mm -hmm. For some, it's medicine. I get that. For me, certainly wasn't medicine. Wasn't using it medicinally. I was using it completely inappropriately. So there's many activities that are not so great that we use sometimes to deal with burnout. I'm talking about the good ones. An example of a good one for me is hiking. I know for Evan Transu, I could be having the worst day of my life. And you get me out in the mountains, I'm not saying it makes all the pain go away, mm -hmm. but man, I could seriously lose someone in my life. And it's at least going to calm the insanity that can sometimes happen on our minds during those really serious situations. I can see it from a different perspective. I can see it through a new lens, right? I know you always talk about seeing things through a different lens, right? Which I love. Yeah. Yeah, got to have those go-to routines and activities. But then the second part is start implementing them immediately. Like as soon as you realize what the emotional burnout is and you've kind of identified that, you might not be able to get out of that right away, unfortunately. Yeah. If it's a job and you're relying on that for income and you're like, wow, it is my coworkers that make me feel this way. Yeah. It's my job. First of all, see if you can improve that situation. Give yourself a little more credit, right? Maybe you can improve that exact situation. If you can't, well, you might not be able to get out of that right away. If you can get out of something right away, great. But let's assume you can't or you can. It doesn't matter. What you have to do then is this. The first thing of each day, the priority needs to be this go-to routine and activities. Start implementing them. And if it is the only thing you do that day, it is worth it. When I was up in Vermont and I got that seven-day period, or almost eight days, I think, by myself, I'm chilling, I'm alone. Again, this acknowledgement of where the emotional burnout was coming from couldn't have happened at a better time because I have my go-to routine and activities. I love listening to motivational speakers on YouTube. That helps me, man. It has brought me out of the darkest parts of my life. It puts something else in your mind. It directly attacks that narrative and replaces that narrative, whatever the negative one is. Oh right. my God, man, I'm never gonna find someone else. Oh my God, dude. Wow, this was like actually kind of okay. I wish we just worked on it. Uh, well, you know, I don't know if I can get a better job somewhere. All that stuff needs to get out. Mm -hmm. And so when this motivational speaker is coming in, you're like, okay, that's cheesy. All of a sudden, you're 15 minutes in. You're like, all right, man, hell yeah. You know, I'm fired up. I will figure out this situation, right? Let's go. It's a new narrative. So I love that. I love going for a drive in the morning. I love getting outside. I like reading. That's what I do for my go-to routines and activities. And when I was up there in Vermont, I will be straight up with you guys. Some of those days were getting pretty heavy, especially mm -hmm. as I realized, wow, this is why I felt this way my whole uh, pandemic pretty much my whole pandemic the whole pandemic my whole pandemic it was my COVID pandemic man I'm my so pandemic. sorry everyone <laughs> it had booted off the air but as I'm, I'm realizing promoted, bro. I like yeah <laughs> I'm realizing that and then I'm also like wow so now I have the emotional burnout just from knowing this was such an easy thing to fix or address right. at least some days 
all I did was that first hour in the morning and I spent the rest of the day doing absolutely nothing except impulsive little things that I felt like doing. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to ride my bike. All positive stuff, right? But there was no routine. Mm -hmm. There was no structure. There was no has to or have to do. It was just the stuff that I knew would work. And I got to be honest, that, man, that pulled me out of this so well. And anything permitted increases. I heard that from a mentor one time. Anything permitted increases. So when you allow in 30 minutes of motivational speeches or an hour, very quickly within one month, I'm listening to like two hours in the morning again. I'm like, where did I right, get that time right. from? I didn't think I had two hours in the morning. And here I am doing that. So have the go-to routine and activities. Ideally have those in your back pocket for when things get bad. You know what they are already. And then the minute something happens in your life, before you start doing impulsive stuff, going out drinking, doing something silly, try those things first and see what happens with that. Yeah, I love that because the reality of the situation is this. When we're in that dark place, when we find that we're emotionally burnt out, we are going to reach for something. We're going to reach for something. Everybody will. So we have to make the decision. Are we going to reach for something that's going to be detrimental to ourselves or are we going to reach for something that's going to help us in some type of way? And what Evan just talked about, I have a little name for that I trademarked. It's called emergency joys. And there are those little things that we keep in our back pocket that we pull out when we feel like we have nothing left. You know, I call them emergency joys because it's when you're really in an emergency where you need to see some type of happiness. You need some light. You need some hope. And that's when you turn to those go-tos, as I've called them, or the emergency joys, as I call them. And that is so important to do. And one of uh, kind of an imagery that I want you, the listener or the viewer on Facebook Live, to kind of picture here is as follows. You know, when we're dealing with our emotions and our lives, it's like we're out in the ocean, right? It's a lot of choppy waves. It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. It's, oh my gosh, it never stops. But here's the thing. Underneath those waves, you dive a little bit deeper. That's where the still waters are. So in our lives, we have to learn to kind of get off that choppy up and down, up and down of the waves and dive a little bit deeper to those still waters. And the way that we get to those still waters, to that calm place where we feel more at peace and relaxed is through the use of our go-tos or as I call them, emergency joys. By using those things to help us to step into that, here we go again, that pocket of peace, right? That still water position. Now you do this through whatever you're comfortable with. For me to tell you what your go-to emergency joy should be would mean nothing because you say, bro, you don't know me. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I don't know you. You don't know me either. So it's important <laughs> for you to decide for yourself what those things are that are going to help you to get to those still, calm, deep waters, so to speak, instead of living on the top of those waves. Because the fact of the matter is this, if you think about it, if you spend your whole life living on top of waves, you're, you're just going to get destroyed. Just imagine if you're laying on top of waves and like, it's just one after another, after another, after another, it's endless. So what we really want to make sure that we're doing is find those ways to get out of that cycle of up and down, up and down, and really get to a point where we can say, okay, I'm accepting my where I'm at right now, I'm accepting my life. I'm recognizing that things aren't going well, but I'm still going to take this 20 minutes, this 30 minutes, this hour or two to step into that calm space to those still waters. My final thing with this tonight, with how you can actually deal with this or acknowledge it, I'm sorry, not acknowledge it, um, overcome it, I guess, is the withdrawal thing, like the quote I used from the Dalai Lama, mm -hmm. but let's define withdrawing from the situations in life and what that actually means because withdrawing for some as we were kind of getting to might be scrolling on social media on their phone and going on netflix now i am not saying that those two things cannot be restorative for some people after a long day that really might be restorative might for be. them that's yeah. fine but that's not withdrawal in the way that i think he meant it it's certainly not withdrawal in the way that i meant it withdrawal to me is taking at least some time ideally an hour with no stimulation no reading no phone, 
no TV, no mm-hmm. talking to other people. And it's like, oh my God, what do I do? There are these things. It's crazy. It's actually, they just came out. They're called parks. And you go like walk there, you know what I mean? And you just walk <laughs> around and like have a good time. And you just, never en- heard of those. yeah, you just enjoy yourself and act like a human being. You can walk on the road, you can walk in the park, whatever. But I dare you to do that. And you know what? Most of us avoid that in today's world in general anyway, because then if we actually stop for one second, we might have to sit with all the stuff that's going through our head that we normally push out through all this stimulation. Yeah. And is that going to be tough in the beginning? It actually probably will be. But the good news is you're also going to find that the irony is you've been pushing this back. But when you acknowledge it, you start sorting through these problems faster than ever before. I love having these conversations with myself in my head. I'm my own best friend sometimes, man. I'm like, all right, dude, like, is that really what, how you want to feel about this situation? Or is that really how you want to react to this individual? Like, mm. Do I want to put negative energy back at them? Do I want revenge for this? That's crazy. Yeah. Come on, don't be doing that. You know better. But if you're just stuck in the routine and you never take that time to stop, you might be engaging in a lot of toxic behaviors yourself, contributing to this emotional burnout even more, digging the hole deeper, and you're not even realizing it. Yeah. So my last piece is really to try to give yourself that real moment for real withdrawal time out, no phone, no going on social media, no TV. I would honestly recommend no music. And I know people like it. Again, all of these things are fine, restful, restorative activities. Sometimes I'm just asking for 30 minutes to an hour, give yourself that chance and see if that's not something that you don't want to do all the time. Because honestly, that's where like my best ideas come. Do you ever do stuff like that where you just kind of turn all the stimulation off? Absolutely. I think that's when you really are in tune with yourself and your thoughts yeah. and you can work through them in a proper way. <laughs> yeah, what a concept. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'm going a little early, but I know that I feel like you can always add something. So that's cool. Guys, if you don't already know, we always start the show with Ev and we finish with Scotty P. And what he's going to do for you is bring you up before we head out for the weekend. Got Halloween weekend coming up. Um, I never know any of this stuff. I, I'm so glad I checked the calendar. <laughs> so like out of the loop with this. But hey, you know, for some, this could be really fun. And for others, especially if you're dealing with mental health challenges, any little holiday or something that is a group get together. I know for me and I know for you, Scott, that can actually be some of the most stressful times of the year. Mm-hmm. So if they're relating to us, what do you got for them? Like, how can they deal with this? this Absolutely, weekend? everybody. So first off, I want to say thank you for joining us today. And we're going to shut this down real quick here with one final thing that I hope that you could take away from this program. So as I said earlier, the fact is that living this life is going to be stressful. Living this life is going to be difficult. It is going to be hard. It is going to be emotional. It is going to be sad. It is going to be brutal at times. But here's the thing. We were never guaranteed that it was going to be easy. We were never guaranteed that it was going to be this walk in the park, so to speak. But what we are guaranteed is that we can still go walking in the park to find that peace, right? So I want you to all take this away from it, really, number one. We have to expect that we're going to reach emotional burnout at some point. Just expect it. Expand your expectation to include that at some point you're going to get emotionally burned out. There's no avoiding it. It's going to happen, okay? But what's really important is how we respond to that burnout and how you respond to that exhaustion. You can either choose to focus on all the reasons why it happened and obsess over picking yourself apart about why you can't do anything right and why you're not this and why you're that. that. You can choose to do that. Or you can choose to start to learn to withdraw. And to start to take your life back by not allowing these thoughts and these actions and every single thing that ever person ever done to you or said weigh heavy on your mind. Instead, you can learn to maybe let, learn to let that go and realize that that's detrimental to you and it's not something that's going to help you in any way. And although you can't control it when people say these things and when those horrible life soul crushing things happen to you, although you can't always control that, what you can control is what you choose to put your time and energy into thinking about and worrying about. That's totally up to us. So 
with our final point here, as we talked about before, find time every day to step into those still waters, into those pockets of peace so that you can restore yourself to be able to deal with the challenges that you have in your life. Because those challenges, unfortunately, some of them, they may never disappear. Sometimes they may be there forever. But that doesn't mean that we can't learn how to work through them in a proper way. And that doesn't mean that we can't still experience happiness and peace and joy in our life right here, right now, today. So the choice is yours on what you're going to choose to focus on. Is it going to be those things you can't control? Is it going to be your emotional burnout? Or are you going to choose to focus on how you can move through it, how you can move past it, and how you can still find that happiness even in the midst of the darkest times? So I hope that you will choose the first option there and the option on how to find that happiness rather than falling down that rabbit hole again. Way to wrap it up, my friend. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with Scotty P and Ev, where we're talking all things mental health all of the time, sharing lived experiences from individuals who have actually gone through these challenges. And we won't be the only only individuals next week. We're actually having our first guest on. It'll be a surprise, Ooh. but we'll dedicate our middle section to that. Scotty, where can people find you? You guys can check me out at scottypinspiration.com or on Instagram at scottyp underscore inspo, I-N-S-P-O. And you can find me at evantransu.com or at evan underscore transu on Instagram. Catch the replay anytime by searching the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with Scotty P and Ev on any major podcast platform. And we'll see you next week right here on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 FM HD 2. Have a great weekend and happy Halloween. Negativity in my head. I just want relief from my stress. I just want relief from my stress. Some days I don't want to see or have a bunch of people to impress. I just want relief from my stress. Yeah, I just want relief from my stress. Late nights, staring out the window doing 85. Got my state of mind. Yeah. Walking on that gray line, hoping that my stress dies. It's like I hate it, but I love it at the same time. Pressure pushing me from all sides. Insecurities of all kinds. Yeah, I'm a hostage to my own pride. Most important things in life to me are things I know I can't buy. Yeah, it's me and phasing.